Shalom, Meshpocha. This is Sid Roth. Mishpocha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpocha, the family with the Jewish heart. Welcome to today's edition of Messianic Vision and another appointment for you to be mentored to fulfill your destiny with a very supernatural guest. And now, here's your host for this program. It's supernatural television producer, Donna Chavez. Thank you, Sid. I'm Donna Chavis, and I certainly want to thank all of you for joining us today for Messianic Vision. Prophecy is a term that can often seem mysterious or controversial, but Jesus moved in prophetic response to the Father with every action and every conversation. So how do we approach prophecy like Jesus did? Well, our guest today brings us a practical and powerful introduction to prophecy for everyday believers like me and like you, and also for those that might be seasoned in prophetic ministry as well. Please welcome Rob Sanchez. Rob, thank you for being with us today. Oh, it is my pleasure, Donna. I am so excited me too. to have this opportunity. Yes, me too. Let me start here. You have an acronym for your ministry. What is that? Our acronym is L-I-V-G, and it stands for Life is Very Good. And so the whole reason behind the message is I believe that God has called me to be not an end-time prophet, but a new day prophetic voice declaring the goodness of God. Because we understand that it's the goodness of God that leads men unto repentance. And I want to be a voice that draws as many souls as I can into the kingdom. Yes, yes. Life is very good. What a way to start this program. <laughs> yes. Okay, Rob, a lot of times when I get started, I will say to people, well, let's go back a ways and let's let's start, you know, from the beginning. Well, with you, we are going to actually start before the beginning. You say that you were set apart from birth for this prophetic journey that you're on. Yes, yes, yes. Matter of fact, I am one of seven children and a twin. My sister was born natural. She was born on the second floor. I was trouble in the womb. Oh no. I was born on the I was born on the third floor ninety-nine minutes later. Whew. In the midst of all kinds of distress, my mom was not a believer at this time. She was in great pain. She had just delivered one naturally. The doctor speaks to her and says, your son will be safe as long as you don't push. He rolls up a towel and he says, all I can offer you is this, open your mouth and bite down every time you have a contraction. Because when you bite, you can't push. And so my mom was under great duress and on the verge of losing me when she cried out to God and she said these words, Lord, if you'll save my son, I'll dedicate him to you all the days of his life. Mm. Suddenly, an anesthesiologist comes. She feels the presence of God. And suddenly, what happens is 99 minutes later, I'm born. Yes, yes. And I want everyone to understand the severity of, of the situation that was going on. The doctor had actually come to your father and said, if I can only save one, which one will it be? Wow. Yeah, you can say that that was the intervention of God in that very moment when 
father was approached by the doctor, he said to the doctor, if you could only save one, save my wife, what would I do with six children and no spouse? Wow. And my father only knew one prayer at that time, and that was the Our Father. Hmm. And so he got on his knees, and he began to pray the Our Father. Yes. And at that moment, God intervened and saved my life. Oh, my goodness. And this is something that I really find very endearing about you, Rob. It wasn't just so that you could be a prophet for him. You believe this with all your heart. It was also so that you could equip others to go on this prophetic journey. Yes, yes. What I really believe, and many many people are listening, and I just want to tell you that every aspect of your life has been destined by God, and what He wants to do is use every circumstance, good, bad, or indifferent, for His glory. He wants to take what we've been through so He can use it as a stepping stone to promote and to bring us to a greater place. Yes, Yes. Well, we hear about so many miracles and other supernatural things here at the ministry here at Sid Roth. And you have said that you see so many times that it's actually what you operate in, the office of a prophet. It's actually a lot of times prophetic words and prayers that become catalysts for miracles. Yeah, many times what happens is you just need two elements to come together. I'm a firm believer that when spirit and truth come together, God reveals. And sometimes what God will do is he'll take you places and he'll show you an assignment. And you thought you were there by happenstance, but the moment you get there, suddenly the heavens open, the spirit begins to move. And all he needs is someone that's not afraid to open their mouth and share a word and see lives change. Yes. Yes, my goodness. Well, I know that you operate in the office of a prophet, and you see many dreams and visions. And I love this line that you said, that there have been times in ministry that the heavens just open up to you. Give me an example of that. Oh, my goodness. I'll never forget. I had a lady just call me, and she said, we are having strange manifestations at our medical clinic. People are running out of our office because when it's closing, they hear a baby crying and there's no baby on the premises. And so she invites me to come to her clinic to pray. And so I go and I take a couple of people with me and we just begin to walk around the property and I begin to ask God what is going on. And suddenly I have this open vision where I begin to recognize the reason the baby is crying is because it was an aborted child. Hmm. And I recognized that the clinic I was standing in used to be a free masonic clinic. And what would happen is the attending doctor at the time previous would help elders that found themselves in difficult situations relieve themselves of the trouble and abort children. And I could hear the cries of all of these children. And so I shared this with her. That spirit is broken. The baby's crying is never heard again. And as we were walking uh, towards the middle of their clinic, she asked me if I would mind praying for some of her staff. And at that very moment, a young lady is walking by, and immediately the heavens just suddenly open. 
I'm standing before her, but I'm standing in the heavens, and I see two men looking at me. One is her uncle. The other is her cousin. The uncle had had a heart issue, and he's holding his heart. And I looked at this woman, and I said these words, premature death will no longer hinder your family. And she just looks at me, and I said, the men in your family have been cut off in their prime, but it'll never happen again. And I said, your uncle is in the heavens. He died of a heart issue. God's going to heal the heart issues of your family. And I see another young man, and I said, he's about five foot nine. He has black wavy hair. He has bright eyes and a big, beautiful smile. Tell his mom, your auntie, that he is not in hell like the preacher said. Her son is in the heavens. And I said, and to confirm this word is true, and it is her son. He is known as a smiley man on the earth. This woman falls, breaks down, begins to weep and cry. And as she finishes, she said, I know that I know that this is God because my cousin's nickname was Smiley. Oh. She she told me I described him to a T, and everything that I said was true. And the thing that was so amazing is she went and told her auntie, she went and told her auntie the very story that the prophet had declared. And I ran into that same young lady about six years later, and she said these words, I must give you a hug, and this is for <laughs> my auntie and she gives me the biggest hug and she said everything you said was true that word brought deliverance wow. to that weeping mother thinking her son who was lost in an automobile accident tragically was burning in hell because he did not live a perfect life mm. the preacher assumed because of his past and the troubles he was in he had not repented, but Jesus had saved him and set him free. Yes. Whew. Wow. Wow. That's a good one. Hey, listen, when we were talking about you growing up and things that happened in your life, and, you know, we had just talked about the fact that God called you and saved you from birth right out of the womb when you were called and, and destined to, to be a prophet for him, we were talking about some of the things that happened in your life, and I thought, that is probably the most unusual timeline I have ever heard from a minister. Tell us about that. Well, my timeline is kind of unique. Yes. I remember at about nine years old, my father and mother were Pentecostal Catholics. My dad was a worship leader, and he loved to minister to the juvenile halls, to the rest homes of the senior uh, senior citizen facilities, and to state penitentiaries for men and women. And so his passion was the rest homes of the elderly and the juvenile hall. Yes. And so he would gather a worship team together, and they would go sing, and then he would teach the Bible to all of these uh, young men and women that were in, incarcerated. And so they used to gather at about 5, 6 o'clock in the morning at my house, and they would pray between the front door the living room, and the kitchen. We had a small house, and they would all just gather hands, about 20 of them. And I remember one morning they were praying in the Holy Ghost, and there was a fire and electricity that was in the air. I was not aware of it in that moment, but I grew thirsty. And so I remember walking underneath these hands that are being held in this prayer circle. I walked underneath, make my way into the kitchen, get a glass of milk, take a drink, and walk back out underneath 
this uh, hands being held in a circle of fire, walking out, speaking in tongues, just like that. Now, you were just a little boy, and you were just thirsty. You thought, okay, I'm going to be nice and polite. I won't disturb anybody. I'll just kind of duck under like kids do and not say anything. Man, but when you came under the second time, what do you think happened to you? All I know is I was charged with electricity, and I just began to speak in tongues. It just was something that supernaturally came upon me. It wasn't something I asked for. It wasn't something I was looking for. It was something that just charged my spirit, and I did it. And it was on me from that day forward. Let me ask you this question because I bet some people are asking, well, wait a minute, you weren't born again yet, and you're saying you were supernaturally touched by the Holy Spirit. Is, is that scriptural, Rob? Well, the Bible tells me that when Mary came into presence with Elizabeth, who was pregnant with John in the womb, the Bible says that her spirit left and they were both filled with the Holy Ghost. So yeah. absolutely. Yes. I believe that you can have a supernatural encounter with God. Matter of fact, when that took place later that afternoon, when my parents came back from their ministry, my mom sat me down in the room and she said, son, she said, you know, I just want to bring a little correction to you. She said, what you did was not right. And I was, I wasn't quite sure what she was talking about. And so she said, when you walked through our our prayer, she said, you should not be doing that. And I said, oh, mom, I can do what you and dad do. And she goes, what's that? And I go, and she's like, don't do that. You're going to blaspheme the Holy Ghost. And I remember thinking right then and there, and I stopped. But can I tell you that I never lost the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost never let go of me. He grabbed hold of me, gripped my heart, and kept me. And so I just believe that when you're assigned with a purpose and God has a destiny in your life, he's going to grab hold of you and he's not going to let you go because the steps of the righteous are ordered of God. He wants to order our steps long before we discover who he is. Yes, yes. And now a little while later, you had another incident where you felt God calling you again. Yeah, I'll never forget. Everybody's heard of the superstar Billy Graham. Of course. Well, in 1981, he came to San Jose, California to hold one of his great revivals at San Jose State. My mom and dad were Pentecostal Catholics, but for some reason, my mom says, son, you need to go. And she took me and a group of people went and Billy Graham did what he did. He preached and he ministered the word of God. And I remember him putting his hand to his face and saying, if you feel God tugging on your heart, come to the altar right now. And I remember walking into the stadium uh, where the football team plays and I walked on to somewhere around the 40 yard line. And I remember just giving my life to Jesus right there. Yes. You know, my family is Catholic, but here I am receiving Christ for the very first time in my life. Yes. And I remember I could just sense the calling of the Lord in my life. And I believe that that day I was saved, but then I had to grow and I had to mature in the things of God. But I was going to a Catholic church that spoke Spanish, so I wasn't being equipped, but I knew there was a calling on my life. I sensed that there was a destiny. I just hadn't discovered it yet. Yes, yes. So you didn't fully understand it, but you definitely felt it. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And, and not only just him calling you, but 
the feelings that you felt. You said that at one point you were at a youth service and you actually felt the fire of God. So you were feeling a stirring, a burning within you. I was 15 years old. I was a freshman in high school, and my sister was now going to a a Baptist church, and she invited me to the youth group. And so I went for a period of time, and they were going to camp, and, and so they invited me. And, of course, wanting to get out of my environment, I said, yes, I went. And I'll never forget, at the end of the three days of this camp, we all gathered in a circle. And we all gathered by a campfire, and people began to share and testify of their experience. And all of a sudden, I felt this compulsion like I needed to share, and I began to testify how God's presence came on me, how I'd never experienced worship in that mannerism, and and how I'd never met people that could love so much. And right then and there, man, I felt the fire of God run through my bones, and I thought, my goodness, I can't explain this. Yes. And I just felt this overwhelming love run through my heart. Yes, yes. And my life was was changed for a moment. Yes. Because what ends up happening is after, you know, you experience that great movement when there's no discipleship, when there's no imparting and continually uh, being trained in the ways of God, it just suddenly begins to dissipate. And that's what happened to me for a few more years of my life. Yes. So so it seems like that God was continually letting you know you are called, you are destined, I have purposed you. And you kept having these encounters and these experiences along the way. But this... Oh, man, when you told me this, Rob, you said there was a time when the prophetic, that's interesting since you actually were called as a prophet, the prophetic word of the Lord changed your entire life. Yes. Donna, I'll never forget this experience. I was 22 years old. I had all these different encounters in my life, one at nine where I get filled with the Holy Ghost, one at 10 where I get saved, but I'm never trained in the ways of God. At 15, I have this youth camp experience. And then at 22, this is when God grabs a hold of me. At 22, I'm attending the San Francisco Academy of Arts, and I'm in a class called Oral Communications. I'm studying to be a photographer. I had no desires to be an orator, but this is all part of my curriculum. I did not like this class because I didn't like to stand up and talk in front of people. <laughs> Go figure. Yes. And, and so what ends up happening is he calls me up to give my oral presentation, and he looks at me and goes, F. F? And I am dreading. He said F. <laughs> it wasn't for fantastic. It was because I was not very gifted, and I was not very good at it. I was afraid of the crowd, per se. And then suddenly he turns around, and he looks at me, and he says these words, Mr. Robert Sanchez, by far you're the most gifted orator in this class. And I'm thinking, you're crazy. And he begins to walk away, and he stops, and now he takes his finger, and he points it right down the barrel of my face. And he says, matter of fact, he says, at 10 years of your photography career, you're going to come to a crossroad. You're going to lay down your camera equipment, and you're never going to pick it up again. He said, matter of fact, you're some type of evangelist. You are an oracle. You're going to travel the nations of the world. And the nation and the world are going to seek you out because you will convey a message that comes deep from the heart. 
All I remember is at 10 years of your photography career, you're going to come to a crossroad and lay your camera equipment down. And when he said that, I was already calculating that I was eight years deep into photography because photography started when I was a freshman in high school. And that was your that was was, your dream and your plan, right? That was my passion. I walked with a camera around my neck since I was 15 years old. I photographed everything and it was who I was. But little did I know that that day, uh, Miss Donna and those that are listening, that God had a word for me to turn around my season, to bring about change, and to bring transformation. This man was full of all kinds of spirits, but that day, the Holy Spirit used him to prophesy destiny into my life to let me know that God's eye was on me. See, most people think that they get saved on the best day of their life. But Mm. the truth of the matter is you get saved on the worst day or the worst time of your life, and then it becomes the best day. (laughs) Yes. And and so I had no idea that my best day was just ahead of me. So right after that, when, when he left you stunned, okay, your grade is F, but then delivered a prophetic word to you that, that made you go, no, 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 that's not my plan. Two weeks later, what happened? Two weeks later, I'm visiting my sister, and she says to me these words. She says, precious. Let me tell you a little bit about my sister. My (laughs) sister is, is an amazing intercessor. She herself is a tremendous prophetic voice. She'd been serving God, and she and my mother had been praying for my salvation. And so she calls me into her room and she says this term of endearment, precious. Anytime she said precious, (laughs) she wanted me to take her car and wash it, go fill it with gas, go buy her some food, go run an errand. And I was excited to do it because her car at that time was a lot nicer than mine. (laughs) And so anytime she would say these words, precious, I was like putty in her hand. We were extremely close. And so she said, precious, will you do me a favor? And I, and I just said, yes, whatever you want. And right there, she said the unthinkable. She said, will you go to church with me this Sunday? It's Easter Sunday. And I was like, oh, that's not what I had planned. I already had a few things in my in my heart to do, but I had already said yes. And at that time, I considered myself a CEO Christian. That's just a simple acronym that I use for Christmas Easter only. <laughs> I was still I was still Catholic in my mind, so I just said, "Well, it is Easter Sunday, so yes, I'll go." So she invites me to this Baptist church that she's going to, and I remember driving myself there. I met her in the parking lot. She takes me by the hand. She walks me into the church, and she sits down next to me for about five minutes. She knew some people. She said, Precious, I'll be right back. Don't leave. And she went, and she never came back. She (laughs) said hi to a few people, and she began to pray in the back of the church for my salvation. All I know is church started, and when church started, I felt this overwhelming sensation hit my body to the place that it caused fear in my heart. And I remember thinking, I need to get the H-E double hockey stick out of here. I'm thinking I need to run. 
and I'm thinking, she's not sitting by me. No one's going to notice. I'm just going to slip out. And can I tell you, Donna, what happened is I went to stand up. The power of God himself fell on me. I felt this weight like a seatbelt or a cement just come on me that I was like— I was like, uh, <laughs> I was like stuck to my chair, like with glue. I, I can't explain the weighty presence that came on me. And I remember right then and there, I don't remember one song the choir sang. I don't remember the sermon the pastor preached. I didn't even hear him do an altar call. All I know is I wept from beginning to end of that service. And somewhere in the midst of it, I said these words, God, if this is you, and if you're really real, save my life. Yes. No one laid hands. No one touched me. The power of God himself came and sat all over me, and I miraculously got saved. From that day forward, no one had to invite me to church. The next day, I just went out and bought a Bible and started reading, and my life was changed. So, Rob, what happened to what you said was the prophetic word of the Lord that the professor gave you? Well, about three years later, God began to manifest in my life, and I was part of a team called Imion, and we were an evangelistic healing ministry. I was nothing more than the servant, and I'll never forget, they were all planning to go to Southern California to go to a church called Eagle's Nest with a man by the name of Pastor Gary Greenwald, and I had this sensation that I had to be there. And so at the last minute, I buy an airplane ticket. I fly to LAX, not knowing that LAX to Orange County is about an hour, hour and 15-minute drive. So now we rent a car and we drive from LAX all the way into Orange County. And before I left, for some reason, I had to take my brand-new camera, throw it on my neck, and race out to this service. I get there, the pastor is preaching a message called Lay Down Your Isaac. And so he's challenging everybody to sacrifice. And right then and there, I hear the Spirit of the Lord say, Rob, do you love me? And I said, yes, Lord, with all my heart. What would you have me give? And he said the words that I did not expect. He said, will you give me your camera? Oh. Let me tell you, this was not just a camera. It was the camera of my dreams. Matter of fact, the company that I was working for at that time blessed me with it. It was it was worth over $1,000 in that day. That was huge. And I'm like, oh, my God. And before I could say no, I grabbed a piece of paper and I wrote down, I am giving away my camera. And I placed it into the offering. And then God speaks to me a second time. And he says, Rob, do you love me? And I said, Lord, with all my heart, I just gave you my most prized possession. This is my Isaac. He said, will you give me all of your camera equipment? Mm. And without hesitation, with fear in my heart, the fear of the Lord, he said, will you give it? So I wrote it on another offering slip. I handed it to the usher and I told him this is part of the other gift. And he said, I'll make sure pastor knows. Well, this service that this pastor was conducting, he, was, he wasn't he was just challenging us to lay down the Isaac. 
he said what he was going to do is he said every Isaac has an appointed purpose. And so what he began to do is ask Bible trivia questions, and everyone that gave something in that offering, he was giving to someone else if you answered a Bible trivia question. So surely in my mind when I found this out, I began to rejoice because I said, surely this is a test. God, you're going to let me win the camera back just like you— challenge Abraham to lay down his son Isaac and yes. he gave him back. You're going to give me my camera equipment back, but it's going to be blessed in a brand new way. So I was so excited, believing in my heart that he was going to give it back to me. And so I'll never forget, Miss Donna, what happened when Pastor Gary pulled out my camera on the offering envelope. He says, wow, there's someone here that's giving away a brand new camera and they have it here today. And matter of fact, I was handed another envelope and it said he's giving away all of his camera equipment totaling about $5,000. And at that very moment, he goes, well, I can't ask this question. It's too simple. So he's digging through his Bible trivia questions and he pulls out a question. He goes, oh, this is the question. Can I tell you that that question has never departed from my spirit or my mind? I still remember <laughs> the very question he asked. And I remember kind of putting my hand up a, uh, a little bit, kind of raising it by my ear because I was going to be the first one that raised my hand and stood on my feet so he would call me so I could win back my camera equipment. And, and he said these words, well, I'm going to ask this question. And so here's the question. He said, who are the only two men in the Bible to have their wives taken from them and given to another man? And I was like, oh, I don't know that. I don't know that answer. No. And I'm paused. And to my chagrin, I'm looking over to my far left, and there's this lady standing up going, I know, I know, I know. And Pastor Gary looks upon her, and he calls on her. This name, this lady's name is Sharon Hayes. I'll never forget it. She goes, I know, I know, I know. And Pastor Gary walks up to her and he goes, he goes, what is it? Or what is the name? And she said, it's Samson and David. Both of these men had their wives given to another. And he goes, you are right. And then he said, who is the person that has their camera and giving away all of this equipment? Stand up. And I raise my hand and he brings us together. And she's weeping and crying because she's so excited and I'm weeping and crying because <laughs> I just gave away my most prized possession. And in this very moment, Pastor Gary says to her, Sharon, why are you crying? And she says, because God is so good. She said, I am a teacher at the local high school. And every day I walk by the photography department, I lay hands on the photo lab or on the door of the photography room, and I declare, God, you're going to send me the best equipment because this summer I am going as a missionary to Mongolia, and, and I want to do photojournalism, but I need the best equipment so I could take these pictures and send them to all of those who are supporting me. Wow. Wow. And I'm thinking in, in my mind, I was like, God, you had me jump on an airplane from Northern California to Southern California, drive through traffic to get here, to hear this word, to God, you love her so much. But isn't there anyone in Orange County that could have gave her a camera? <laughs> Seriously. And so that day, I began to realize 
the word of the Lord all coming to pass. A few months later, the Spirit of the Lord came on me a third time, just like he did when he was restoring Peter. Peter, do you love me? Mm. Peter, do you love me? Mm. When he said, Rob, do you love me? I had that same weighty feeling come on me. And then he said the unthinkable. I'm proposed to my wife, Juanita, at that time. We're engaged. We're planning our, our future and our wedding. I have a secure job. And then God said the unthinkable. Rob, will you give me your job? Mm. And right then and there, as I was praying and I said, yes, Lord. He said, go in and tell your boss that today is your last day of work, that I have called you. Can oh. I tell you, Donna, that this is 10 years into my photography career. I still remember my resignation date. It is October the 18th, and I remember letting go of my job. My boss said, Rob, are you sure? And I said, I heard the audible voice of God. I can't refute it. I can't deny it. I must obey it. Wow. And I surrendered my job to the Lord. And I realized everything my teacher, Robert Ponte said, that Balaam prophet had now come to pass. He said I was going to be some type of evangelist, some type of oracle. I had no idea that the word oracle meant prophet. He was declaring my future. He was declaring what God would do. At 10 years of my photography career, I laid down my camera equipment according to the word of the Lord. That's how I know this was God. My goodness. Rob, let me ask you this. I know everybody was hanging on to every word of that story just as I was when you told it to me and just when I read it. But this is good. This is good for you, the prophetic. I mean, it's working in your life and you're ministering and everything. But you wrote a brand new book called Discovering and Releasing Your Prophetic Voice. Why did you write that book? The Spirit of the Lord just began to speak to me and he said, everybody's doing it. They just don't know that they're prophesying. And I began to ask the Lord, what is it that you want me to convey? And you know what he told me? Something so simplistic. He said, women will say they have a woman's intuition. Men will say they have a gut feeling. And he says, and Christian says they just know in their knower. And he said, I want you to explain to a people that what they've called intuition or a gut feeling or knowing in the knower is the prompting of my voice so they understand where I'm leading them. Because I believe that everybody hears God's voice, they just don't discern it and they don't recognize it as him. And so what I wanna do is I wanna help everybody discover the inner voice of God that lives and speaks and makes himself known to everyone every single day. Yes, yes. I heard this quote from you. You said, the prophets take from tomorrow's surplus and deposit it into today. What, what does that mean? Well, God will use a prophetic voice to look into the heavens. And when he looks into the heavens, he's looking into all things that are complete. Isaiah chapter 46, verse 10 declares, God has declared the end from the beginning. And so a prophet has a way of looking at 
something that's complete and using words to speak into the heart of a person to describe what God has already promised or written within a person's heart to make it known to them so they can begin to see their future unfold. Yes. I am called as a prophet to see into someone's future, to reach into it, and to give it away to them. I believe the prophetic ministry is loving God's people and restoring hope to them. And I am so excited that that's exactly what the prophetic ministry does. It gives people vision for tomorrow. It gives them something to look forward to. It gives them something to hold on to. See, the prophetic is meant to bring encouragement. In most times, a simple word or a scripture of encouragement is what God uses to unveil destiny. This is how powerful the prophetic word is. Yes. Oh, that is powerful. And do you think, I know you are called to what you call the office of a prophet, but do you believe that as believers we're all called to the prophetic? Absolutely. The Bible says very plainly, out of all the gifts, covet, earnestly desire that you would prophesy. I'm a firm believer that one prophetic word has the power to change and transform a life, restore hope, renew vision, and give someone a future. Well, let me take just a second here. You're listening to our special guest today, Rob Sanchez, and Sid and I want to let you know about the special resource package that Rob is preparing for you. It's his brand new book, Discovering and Releasing Your Prophetic Voice, and his brand new and exclusive audio teaching series called Personal Trainer for Prophecy. This is so awesome, Rob, because it feels like in this audio series, like it's a one-on-one training session with you. And I know the people that are listening, you can't always get to one of Rob's meetings, but you can have him right in your own home through this powerful resource that he's preparing for you. So as always, Sid will be here at the end of the program to tell you how you can get Rob's brand new book, Discovering and Releasing Your Prophetic Voice, plus his exclusive audio teaching series, Personal Trainer for Prophecy. So don't miss it. Rob, talk to us a little about what you call radical obedience. Oh, my. Radical <laughs> obedience. Let me, let me just say it like this. You must be prepared to do what God asks of you at any moment in time, because you're not doing it for yourself. You're doing it because you're in love with him. You're in love with his word. Yes. And I've come to understand that God's word is like a hammer that comes against the stony hearts and he wants to break down. He wants to break down walls and he wants all people to encounter his goodness. And so radical obedience doesn't stop because fear enters into the room. You've mm. got to overcome that fear, and radical obedience will require you to do what you think is unthinkable. See, when you hunger for God's presence, you don't let fear stop you. And what the Word does is it gives you power to press through what you consider the unthinkable or the undoable. Yes. And with radical obedience, you just step into it because you trust God, but you love Him because you know that something is going to shift. So radical obedience 
is fueled by God's hunger. It pushes you beyond the limitations of fear. It gets delay out of the way. It removes obstructions, and you carry this prophetic word, and you deliver it into the heart of a people. Yes. Rob, now you say that the presence of God that, that comes with having a prophetic mantle that, that sometimes it just automatically, because you're, you're in a place or around people, it automatically brings forth like issues and, and matters to the surface. Absolutely. I could tell you a story, Donna, and to those that are listening, that, it, that steel causes me to be in awe of God's presence. I was in Zion, Illinois, and I remember I had spoken as part of a prophetic conference. It's a Sunday morning. This church, we like to say they were suited and booted. They were dressed (laughs) to the nine. They all look nice. I have nothing wrong with that. I love it myself. And so I still remember I was wearing a dark navy blue uh, suit with a light blue uh, undershirt. And I remember it was all done. There was a different minister that had closed. I wasn't even preaching. We're saying our goodbyes, and I'm leaving the sanctuary And this one man, he has to be 25, 30 yards away from me. He goes, bye, Prophet Rob. God bless you. And I said, bless you. Bye. And then suddenly, as I'm waving, my hand points at him. And this holy indignation comes on me. And I begin to yell, never again. And I'm looking, and I yell it again, never again. Do you hear me? Never again. And it was like like a bull seeing red, the red flag of a matador. I take off charging at this man who's 25 yards away. I'm running at him. Not only that, Donna, I close my fist and I run up to him and I hit him as hard as I can in the chest. And I'm yelling, never again, not once, not twice, three, four, five times this man finally falls on the ground. You would think I would be done, but this Intense prophetic presence is all over me. I dive on this man who's laying down in the fetal position crying. I dive on him, and I begin to squeeze him with all of my might, and I begin to say these words, never again, never again, never again will you dream of being sodomized. Never again will you feel the pain of being touched and molested. Never again will you do drugs. Never again will you uh, pay for a prostitute. God says never again. I I'm setting you free, and all of a sudden, I come out of this prophetic presence, and I stand up, and the first thought, honestly, I had is, oh, God, I'm going to jail. I just assaulted a man. And I said, God, I need a word. Speak to me. And the Lord said, radically, his life was taken to him. Radically, I give it back. And right then and there, that man sat there, wept in God's delivering power. Donna, my suit was a mess. My hair was a mess. I'm sweating. I looked down, and I had hit this man with so much strength and force that I had literally ripped two of my knuckles off, and they were bleeding. And I remember looking to some of the elders and the people that were there, and I said, take me to your pastor. I must go and tell him. And so they take me to the pastor, and he's downstairs with all of the people from the conference, all the speakers. And I I come down, and I remember looking at him, and I said, Pastor, can I talk to you? And he says, yeah. He said, what happened to you? 
<laughs> and I said, can I talk to you privately? He goes, no, this is all family. This is a safe place. Tell me. And I said, Pastor, I just want to let you know I beat up one of your men. And he goes, who was he? I said, I didn't catch his name. And he said, describe him to me. And I gave this man's height and his weight, you know, approximation. And he goes, he, I'll never forget this. He lifted up his hand and he says, praise the Lord. He said, that's Brother Phil. And God did exactly what he needed, what I myself wanted to do, but I could not because I'm his pastor. He says, God has called me to love him, but brother, prophet, I'm telling you, that's exactly what the man needed. And he went on to share the story of what had taken place and why he was thankful for God's radical obedience and God's deliverance that came out of me, because that man today is now an elder in that ministry. Mm. I still have relationship with Brother Phil. <laughs> he still joins me online, and he'll still, when I see him and I go back to this church, he'll say, hey, prophet, have you ever done that to anyone else? And I'll tell him, no, Phil, you're the only one. And now it's a badge of honor. He <laughs> wears it. He understands what God has done, and he's so grateful for God's delivering power. That he is the only one that that wears the badge that Prophet Rob Sanchez beat me up, <laughs> and then yeah. and he thanks God for it. <laughs> I would just like to say I don't recommend that to anybody else. No, that was a one-time thing. So if you're listening, don't go look to to hit somebody. Don't go look to do anything uh, crazy unless you're under the unction. That was that was one account that I remember that was life-changing because not only did I hear the have the fear of God, I literally had the thought of, my God, this could be assault. Yes. But thank God for his delivering power. He kept me. He covered me. Like I said, for those that are listening, I am not telling you, nor am I giving you permission to do what I did. That was an act of God. Yes, we'll have to put a disclaimer on this on this program here, <laughs> Rob. But I mean, you know, in listening to the Lord and you're saying, what did I do? Why would I do that? And when he said to you, violently and radically was this man's life taken away from him. So violently and radically, I give it back to him. Whew. Man, that just about brings tears to my eyes just to think about. I mean, this, this of course, I mean, you were in the moment. But when I, when I look at it and kind of just try to take that scene into my spirit and God saying, and now I give his life back to him. Whew, that is that is so, so strong. I love that. You know, I think when I think sometimes of the prophetic and I, I think about these like grand services, emotionally charged demonstrations of, of prophecy and that kind of thing, but it takes intimacy and worship and a closeness with the Lord, not just what people see on the outside, but in order to hear his voice correctly like you just did, Rob, where does that that intimacy and that that worship fit in? Well, I love Revelation chapter nineteen, verse ten. It says, "Worship God." The testimony of the spirit of prophecy is Jesus Christ. Worship God. I believe that all prophetic unctions come out of the intimacy of worship. Mm. It comes out of the power of breaking bread and fellowshipping with Lord, not just in prayer, but in true intimate communion. You know, throughout the scriptures, if you look, 
you will see the power of breaking bread in men of God's life that deliver them from the deepest and the darkest of situations. Let me just share a quick thought here because I believe someone is listening and you're wondering the way out of your trial. And I have a prophetic story that I want you to hear that will change your life. It's the story of Joseph. We know he was sold into slavery. And when he found favor with Potiphar, Mrs. Potiphar speaks a lie. She says that Joseph uh, ran from her presence. He is now sentenced to the dungeon. But while he's in the dungeon, God favors him. God sends him two men in the prison, a butler and a baker. The butler speaks of the man who bakes bread. The butler speaks of one who gives wine. When we look at bread and wine, we think of elements of communion. Yes. Can I tell you, when Joseph was in prison, what did God do? He gave him communion in the form of a butler and a baker. Can I tell you the way out of your darkest of times, out of your uh, seasons of sadness and places of sorrow, is you break bread and you fellowship. Take bread and wine. We understand that Jesus is the bread of life, and there is a cup of a greater covenant. When we take this in remembrance of him, can I tell you what happens? He pulls us out of prisons. He delivers us from dark situation, and he restores us to a place of favor. If you're listening today and you're in a dark time, I want to encourage you to enter into a time of intimacy. Worship God. Break bread. It's not something you have to do at church. It says, do this often in remembrance of me. Take communion daily until you see your deliverance or take it continuously to celebrate the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I just sense in my spirit that there is someone that has been clouded with an oppression and depression. And I hear the Spirit of the Lord say, the moment you take communion, he said, I will deliver you from your infirmities. I'll destroy the spirit of fear and I'll restore to you your hope. Oppression cannot live in my presence. I destroy this oppression and I send forth yes. your word to heal your people in Jesus' name. Yes, yes, amen. Well, that's a good place for Sid and I to remind everyone to uh, get this amazing resource package by our guest, Rob Sanchez. And once again, it's Rob's brand new book, Discovering and Releasing Your Prophetic Voice, and his brand new and exclusive three CD audio teaching series called personal trainer for prophecy. So be sure to listen for Sid at the end of the program to find out how you can get this powerful resource. You can get it for yourself, for friends, for your family, your study group, or even your church library. Rob, talk to us about what you call the spirit of prophecy. Well, let me take that from this standpoint. We know that all prophets prophesy but not all who prophesy are prophets. I am a firm believer that there is four dimensions in the prophetic. There's the spirit of prophecy, the gift of prophecy, dreams, visions, interpretations, and lastly, those that hold the office of the prophet. Yes. And when I think of the spirit of prophecy, I think of it from the most simplistic form. The testimony of Christ Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And so there's so many people that believe they've never prophesied, but I beg to differ because have you ever been on the phone with somebody and you were just praying with them and then suddenly you quoted a scripture? The Bible says in the book of Timothy, there's no more sure word of prophecy than the written word of God. 
Maybe you're a writer and you're writing a note to a loved one and you put a scripture. Did you realize that that is the simple form of prophecy? So many people prophesy, but they don't even realize that they're prophesying. So they say they can't, but in reality, they already have. See, when we prophesy, it's the testimony. So many times, some of the greatest prophecies take place when we begin to testify. I'll never forget, I was at a coffee shop, and we were just talking about the Word of God, me and a few friends. As we were talking, we raised our voice a little, you know, so we were creating an atmosphere, and then suddenly, another lady on another table says, hallelujah, amen, (laughs) I received that. We were just talking of Christ, And she received the words that we were saying as a prophetic word. See, so many times we don't realize that our testimony of what Jesus has done in our life, when we share it, that's the spirit of prophecy. Yes. I know many, many of those that are listening uh, online right now. I know many of you wear Christian shirts. Could it be said that that shirt, if it has a scripture, you become a billboard or an act of prophecy walking down the street? Prophetic is everywhere. It's happening in the here and the now. And so many people think they can't, but the truth is they already have. I just want to make it known to you that you are a voice. And if you testify about Christ, you're releasing the spirit of prophecy. Yes, yes. So if I can, I simply want to encourage a few that are listening today. How can you release God's prophetic voice? I'm a firm believer that God doesn't put you in places happenstancely. He doesn't put you in places accidentally. The Bible says the steps of the righteous are ordered of God. I challenge you to wake up and say this simple prayer. Lord, show me my assignment. Show me where I belong. Position me where I need to be that I could be your voice. And God will put you at a gas station or a grocery store to be a word or a prophetic act or demonstration of encouragement. I'll never forget, Miss Donna, I was standing in line at a Ross. When I pulled into the parking lot, I saw this beautiful orange vehicle. Orange is my favorite color, so I was attracted to this beautiful car. And as I looked at it, the Lord says, you're going to prophesy to the owner. And I'm like, am I supposed to stay out here until (laughs) we come into contact? And the Lord said, go shop. And so I go and I shop. I remember it's the 4th of July. I'm buying a bucket and shovels for my daughter because she wants to go to the beach, or we're going to go to the beach, but she wants to play in the sand. So I remember I'm, I'm in line, and in front of me, there's a woman. She has a basket full of goods. She has a baby that's about 18 months old, and he's looking at me. I'm looking at him, and we're playing with each other, laughing and having a good little time as we're waiting in this long line. As we get next into the to pay, she is getting ready to pay. The unthinkable happens. She recognizes she forgot her wallet. She turns to me and she said, sir, will you do me a favor? And I said, yeah, yeah, how can I help you? She said, you see that orange car? Through the window, I said, yes. She said, I forgot my wallet in the car. Will you watch my son so I don't have to get in line once again? And I said, can I share something with you? And she said, yes. I said, is your husband a military man? And she said, yes, he is. And I said, 
it would be my honor if I could bless you and your son for sowing the seed of your husband into the military to protect my freedom. I said, I have it in my heart to buy all of your goods. She begins to weep and cry, and I begin to minister the word of the Lord to her, and I begin to say that God's heard her cry. I know that your husband was supposed to come on leave, but he got a new assignment and wasn't able to come. But God's wanted to so honor her and her son for giving her husband over to the nation to be a protector. I ministered to her. She says, I don't do this, but can I give you a hug? I was so depressed, <laughs> but you were an angel sent to me. She gives me a hug. I pray favor and blessing, protection over her husband and blessing over her house. And God fulfilled that word. See, you just never know when you ask God to give you an assignment, where he'll have you stand, where he'll put you, and how he'll use you to speak a word that changes life. You know what, Rob? I think I'm going to do that when I get up in the morning. I, I know a lot of people listening are saying, that's how I can start my day. I can say, God, what is my assignment today? I believe I am going to do the same. Rob, thank you so much for spending time with us today. Would you say a quick prayer for those that are listening right before we leave? Oh, it would be my honor. Heavenly Father, we come before you with a bowed heart and a heart of expectation. Lord, we ask you today that you would give us an assignment, that you would fill our hearts with a place and a purpose to be, that when we open our mouth, that we would become prophetic evangelists, that we would become a people of hope, and that good things would flow out of our mouth, that we would become edification, exhortation, and comfort for those yes. that are around us, that we might be able to raise the roof of a man's understanding by sharing God's word, that we might uh, strengthen one that is in a weak place, or we might exhort another to put him in God's place. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would bless all those that are listening today, that they would become voices of encouragement, bringing many unto your kingdom for your glory. I just release your goodness and mercy, your virtue, and I release the spirit of prophecy into all those that are listening, that they would become a voice for heaven, encouraging your people here on earth. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm Donna Chavis, and you've been listening to Messianic Vision. So be sure to join us next time. And now, here's Sid Roth. Sid? Prophecy is a term often shrouded in mystery and obscured by controversy. But Jesus moved in prophetic response to the Father with his every action and conversation. Jesus normalized prophecy for us. So how do we approach prophecy like Jesus did? Prophet Rob Sanchez answers this question in his brand new book, Discovering and Releasing Your Prophetic Voice. This book is a practical and powerful introduction to prophecy for everyday believers like you and me. Be sure to get Rob's brand new book, Discovering and Releasing Your Prophetic Voice, and his brand new an exclusive three-CD audio teaching series, Personal Trainer for Prophecy, for an investment of only $35. U.S. To order, call 1-800-447-2697. Once again, that's 
1-800-273-9697. Or go to our website at sidroth.org. That's S-I-D-R-O-T-H dot O-R-G. Be sure to ask for offer number 9747. Again, that's offer number 9747. 